Hello, and welcome back to the What Is Life Dude podcast, everybody. We are Eric and Sarah. Welcome back. We are filming this well in advance of its release date because, as we mentioned previously in our last episode, we are going to leave for New York for two weeks in just a few days. So we're yes. stockpiling an episode mm-hmm. just to make it easier. Yep. Um, luckily, we have some updates. Just mm-hmm. we've been doing stuff in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily it's enough for us to talk about right now. We've kind of just been, um, have the kids say crushing it <laughs> these last few days in preparation for leaving mm-hmm. because basically we figured when, while we're traveling, we can edit and we can upload things, mm-hmm. you know, media content of various, uh, <laughs> I didn't know where that sentence was going. You know what I'm trying to say though. I think we're both a little brain dead right now because we are bit. filming very late, I mean, we're trying to record so many things, like Eric said, so we can have some stuff to edit while we are not at our house. Right. Yeah. Know? What I was trying to say is it's easier to edit and upload than it is to film, edit, and upload mm-hmm. while we're traveling. Yeah. So we're trying to make the content now so we can put it out later. Right. So <laughs> we were not, I don't think we were originally planning to record this today, but I was like, you know what? I put makeup on to film a different video. We filmed a music video earlier today. And I was like, let's just knock it out. It'll be great. It's better to do it now rather than leave it to the last minute. And I feel I feel good for it. It almost is the last minute. Yeah. But I guess if we tried to film it at our Airbnb, you know, this episode at our Airbnb uh, mm-hmm. in upstate New York, it would be a little more stressful and would take a little bit away from our vacation. I'm not... I, the thing is, I'm not sure if we would do it because I feel like every time I've ever traveled, I always plan to do work and then I just don't. Yeah. And then I feel bad about it when I could have just made myself, you know, hustle a little bit more before I left so I could just enjoy my vacation with a peace of mind. And especially for the podcast Mm -hmm. and just how we cherish our podcast listeners, (laughs) you know, it's um, we didn't want to just end up skipping it. Mm -hmm. So we're knocking it out now. Yes. Uh, One other physical update. I am stuffed full of rice and tofu (laughs) and broccoli and peppers. Wow. If that sounds good to you, you're not alone because I ate so much mm-hmm. of dinner. Yeah. So we usually record the podcast nice and early in the day. And you're light and light fresh. Light as a feather. <laughs> yeah, my brain's all working. And now it's funny because I can't even imagine what I would feel like if that wasn't like a nice vegan meal. Mm-hmm. If it was like beef, if I, if I beef <laughs> bricked, beef bricked myself. <laughs> Do we have we talking have we talked about beef brick? <laughs> no. Okay, let's just quickly cuz this is going to be a random, you know, kind of hodgepodge episode. But on um, one of the recent seasons of Survivor that we watched, th- they they had this reward challenge and there was this guy who was like 71 at the time when they were filming it. And you know, on these rewards in Survivor, if you've never seen the show, a lot of the times when they when the reward is food, they give them just a huge feast, just more food than like the four people on the reward can possibly eat. Right. Right. But they're subsisting off of rice and beans, you know, like a tiny portion a day. And this was pretty late in the game. Yeah. So they were used to not eating a lot. Very, and like legitimately famished. Mm-hmm. Like survivors not faked. Like those people are struggling out there. So this older guy was just crushing like these uh, beef skewers <laughs> that they had. It was like beef satay, right? Yeah. 
And he was like, I haven't eaten meat in many, many years, but I was just so hungry and I just really needed protein. And they were so good. <laughs> so then it cut to one of the other Survivor players doing like one of those little interviews. A confessional, yeah. A confessional, yeah. And she was like, yeah, he's um, he's really been uh, packing in that beef. And then it like went to commercial and Sarah was like, do you think they put that in because something <laughs> bad's going to happen to this old man? Of who... course. Right. It's so carefully edited. Yep, and mm-hmm. then he wound up having to come out of the game mm-hmm. because his like entire intestinal system like stopped working. It's not funny, but like you know the fact that he was fine. Okay, he was fine, but he like just couldn't go to the bathroom, and it's mm-hmm. like it was a huge problem. But I was joking when the doctors came in to look at him that all the doctors are Australian on the team because they shoot it overseas. I was joking, one of the doctors, you know, Jeff Probst was going to be like, so doc, tell me what's wrong with him. And he's going to be like, well, Jeff, uh, he, <laughs> I had to diagnose him with something called beef brick. <laughs> it's when uh... there's a brick of beef in your stomach and you can't poop. <laughs> That's my terrible Australian <laughs> accent. But uh, we've been referen- referencing beef brick. Well, one of us has been referencing beef brick yeah, at every potential turn. Absolutely. <laughs> That's Sarah, not me. <laughs> right. So you feel like you've been tofu bricked right now. I have a brick of tofu. Luckily, you know, it's tofu. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a weird way to start the episode, but yet here we are. Right. I mean, yeah, we just ate really, really late, actually, because we've been, like I said, trying to get as much done today as possible. I'm actually really proud of us. Me Historically, too. I just am really bad at maintaining productivity for more than like... You know, I can have like a good run of like three days where I'm just killing it. And then I need to go into like hibernation mode. But this entire week, I've just known I needed to get everything done. So I to spare myself the stress when we're traveling. And what usually happens is when Sarah feels motivated, she's like, can we do this and this and this? And mm. I just go and take care of like my, you know, my portion of whatever work we're doing together. Mm-hmm. And really, really fires me up. Right. So the first thing we started to do was film some reaction videos. So this was something we did last summer when, I don't know, I don't even know how it came up, but we were talking about doing reaction videos and then you said that BTS, the K-pop band, was like super hot at the time and they had just released a new single Mm -hmm. and it was their first single in English. So we made a reaction video and it was the first one we had ever done. We didn't really know what we were doing. Mm Mm-hmm. And then it got a buttload of views. Yeah. So then we did a second one to a live performance of BTS's, and that got even more views. And then we stopped. Actually, we did two. <laughs> we did two reaction videos to uh, Blackpink, another K-pop ah, yes. band. Yes. But yeah, we we did them, and it it was weird. I mean, everything was weird last year, right? Like, if you didn't have a weird 2020, you're then you're in, weird. Yeah, you're yeah. in the minority. I'm mm-hmm. sure. So. I don't know, our brains, we were just in a weird place. So we did the reaction videos and we got a good positive reaction response from the YouTube crowd. And then we stopped doing them because I don't really know why. I feel like we just felt like it wasn't us. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I forget now. Was it the last episode where we were talking about just like how, how hard it is to figure out exactly what you should be doing like what content you should be creating on YouTube or social media in general. Because there's just so many types. There's so many options, yeah. you know. And 
I, I don't think also we were like very clear on our motivations mm -hmm. for the channel because we didn't have any original music to promote. We were just yeah. doing covers at the time mm -hmm. and like very sporadically. Yeah. So it was hard to feel motivated to keep, you know, creating content when we didn't have anything really to, I don't know. Yeah. We weren't super connected to the music at the time, I think. Right. We were stressed out about moving also. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah definitely. it's just weird to think about how much has gone on the it past year it really is yeah but now we've done two we've released them on back-to-back -back days mm -hmm. they've got positive responses um we started with B we restarted the reaction videos with bts because their fans are crazy they're just like crazy intensely in love with bts mm -hmm. and they watch like every reaction video and mm. they leave you a million comments and it's it's very cool actually well i think what's so interesting is i can't find anyone and there are no other groups or artists who have quite that like ardent a fan base you know like billy eilish is tremendously popular olivia rodrigo very popular but no one really like rolls out for their band slash artists like you know k-pop people do and especially the bts army yeah. as they're known i mean it's great it really is but mm -hmm. i mean it's cool because you know now that we're doing the reaction videos we're like right before we get into the reaction pre-save our new single comes out on friday july 23rd mm -hmm. right because that's you know that's part of the reason we're doing it right is because we want more people who care about music and like what we say about music mm -hmm. to potentially go listen to our music right right i mean a lot of people make content for that reason, right? Yeah. I mean, actually, I've been watching some reaction videos now, and literally at the at the beginning of all of, like, singer reacts to or musician reacts to, they're like, before I get started, pre-save my new single. Join my OnlyFans. Follow my Patreon. <laughs> um, anyway. Right. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've gotten a few comments like, oh, I pre-saved your song. And I'm like, see, this is why we're doing it. Because people are, like, connecting. It's also fun. It's nice to have, like, a low-pressure sort of type of content to make because you know obviously i'm making cooking videos all the time which take you know days and days to wrap up yeah. from like planning the recipes to editing to cooking yeah and cleaning everything in between it takes a long time so it's nice to have something that's a little bit more you know just spontaneous i guess and you know what it's funny because so i feel like Last year, we did the um, our first batch of reaction videos. We were feel, feeling a little bit weird about it because the fan base is quite protective of the members of BTS. They're a little touchy. So we were afraid. We were afraid we were going to upset them if we said anything, even not even like vaguely critical, which we didn't really. We well, we did upset them. Though I would argue the things we said that upset them weren't really that critical. No, they weren't. You know, I would say like, oh, yeah, they're performing live on NPR Tiny Desk and they have a background track playing with like just extra layers of harmonies. Mm -hmm. More layers of harmonies than there are people in the band. So they're backing track. <laughs> and then we get a bunch of dislikes and people are like, actually, Jimin and Jin are singing them and you can see them. And I'm like, they're singing different parts. I mean, every a lot of pop artists play to a backing track. Okay, Just like well, objective <laughs> things. Yeah, I know, I, I like got myself going. 
They're just like objective things and they're like, you're wrong. Okay, well, so that whole situation had Eric very salty for a while. So we just completely tabled reactions. I know what I'm talking about. Of all types. But the the consequence was that Eric stopped liking BTS, (laughs) you know, because he felt offended by the fans. So he associated that feeling with the band, right? Which, you know, the band is like, their whole thing is like positivity and kindness and stuff. So... And so, that makes me mad. So fast forward, BTS releases a new single, what, in May? Mm-hmm. Called Butter. And since I, at the time, was like very on top of like pop music, I was like following the charts and listening to New Music Friday every week at the gym. Um, I heard Butter like right after it dropped. And <laughs> I remember we were driving somewhere a couple weeks after it dropped. And Eric's like, put on some music. And I like, I was like, I'm going to sneak butter in there just to see if he like hates, hates it. Do you know what I mean? But then you ended up really liking the song. And now Eric is listening to it more than me. So I think it was fun. I think like the whole, um, us kind of re, not rediscovering, coming back to BTS music and like actually appreciating it for what it is. It's been nice. We've been singing it constantly. I am <laughs> army. Yeah. <laughs> well, the funniest part to me is that, you know, uh, rewind to when I had my little anxiety <laughs> incident that we've talked about a lot recently. Mm. When I drove home from the gym that day and I was like, okay, how are we get now we got to get home and not freak out again. Right. I listened to Butter <laughs> on repeat the entire drive home. Right. Which... Because it's so positive. It's just... It was so catchy and mm-hmm. I was singing along and I, it just made me... It like completely distracted me from <laughs> what was going on on the other side of my brain. All right. All right. So I was just all over the Butter. So BTS saved you. I think they did. Yeah. Right. Now you understand. I really do. <laughs> yeah. I actually got an army tattoo on my ribs. <laughs> uh, it's not healed yet, but I'll show you when... Uh, <laughs> when it is All yeah right. i mean i think i'm just i think i'm learning to separate them from their fans mm-hmm. and and also like just to manage your expectations you know because you you can kind of decide what confrontation you want to provoke and whether it's worth it mm-hmm. and i don't think there's anything wrong with just appreciating a good happy song and performance you know for what it is Like, we're not um, coming at it through, like, a super critical lens because we don't need to because we we just appreciate different kinds of music, so. And what's funny is that, I mean, sometimes we'll get comments on these videos where they're like, they're like, just, like, stop, just stop stopping so much. Just, like, let the video play more, (laughs) right? And then, and then I'll watch other reaction videos to BTS songs. And the person just like barely says anything the entire time. Mm-hmm. And people are like, great reaction. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so you just want to watch the video we're reacting to? Right. It's like, and that's kind of, that kind of is what it is. I mean, someone, I think, I think the interesting thing about these reaction videos and why they're so popular now is that like, well, okay, 2020 people are lonely and separated and FaceTime and uh, what's it called? Zoom. I was going to say QuickBooks for some reason. That's like the app that came to mind. Finances are top of mind right now. Uh, Zoom is like everyone's like portal to the outside world and their friends. And like YouTube is like, um, 
it's like zoom for people who don't want to make stuff it's like by us putting out a reaction video we are just creating an open forum for people with similar interests to like talk about it and that's kind of cool i guess it is Mm -hmm. well the other half of this reaction videos conversation is that we are we want to start doing reactions to non-bts things but you know bts is where we wanted to start because a lot of our subscribers subscribe to us because of bts reaction videos but we want to do reactions to other stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm just curious to see how what kind of response those get Mm -hmm. you know from like you know i i want to play sarah like songs from metal bands that she's never heard that i know from my childhood and see how basically she reacts then I'm like, well, I wonder how those fans are going to react to us reacting to that. Right. And I'm sure it's going to be so different. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't mentioned her on the podcast, but I've mentioned her to you a lot. And there's this artist who does a lot of covers on YouTube named Violet Orlandi. And she does everything in like metal, like heavy rock uh, style, which I've noticed like people really seem to like hearing uh songs that are songs from one genre performed in a radically different genre and also there's something just about the internet and like women with like this alternative look really developing huge fan bases and she's like this goth girl and she's always recording in this like dark like on a black background and stuff yeah i mean i don't I don't really know where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe for m- me, I know where it comes from. Like, I remember when I was younger, I thought I was one of those people that thought Avril Lavigne was like the hottest person alive, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, it makes sense for me because I grew up listening to like My Chemical Romance and Green Day and Blink-182. Like, right. And then she was one of just the, I was going to say women, but really she was a girl at the time and I was like 12, right? Mm-hmm. So she was one of like the only females in the, that scene in the scene right yeah. so obviously i was like oh it's like billy joe armstrong from green day but a woman mm-hmm. like she's so hot right yeah and then like fast forward to today and i'm like babe i really like that choker you're wearing yeah <laughs> like it like persists it's... but for like jocks and stuff right like i feel like those people still like the alternative woman look but and i don't like, know why i feel like there's a reason it's because we like we associate that alternative look with the girl who's like different you know what i mean like at my school at least in high school there were like three scene girls and they were like off in their corner alone and i feel like it's like this weird like fetish fetishization (laughs) say that fetishization fetishization right and it's kind of similar with um like girls who have the whole like manga aesthetic what is that again like the anime looking girls. Oh, so what I've right, noticed right. on TikTok a lot is like, man, TikTok is a weird place. I love it. I, I have to like take it in small doses though. But like I've noticed that there are a lot of TikToks that have millions of followers and it's just women who are cosplaying and they like don't say anything. They're just like either they're like like dancing to music or just like making cute faces and they're, they're dressed like anime characters. Yeah. And like m- men just love that. I get women love that too, I guess. Okay. Manga, <laughs> manga is like 
the comic books okay right mm-hmm. that's, okay that's what i i got that after you yeah yeah i mean tiktok is a weird place in general yeah i mean we we've done this thing we've done it a few times now where we're laying in bed <laughs> and one of us will have our phone and we'll just scroll through tiktok and watch them together yeah and hopefully laugh at them but there was one that had like nine million not views nine million likes yeah already and it was this young woman, maybe a teenage girl, mm-hmm. singing in her bathroom mirror. But the caption was like, wait for it, or like, you won't believe what happened. So I was like, okay, well, something funny is going to happen. Something's going to crash down on her. Right. Like- she's not singing by, she's not singing acapella. She was singing to a song blaring in the background, not mm-hmm. a backing track, like a song with the singer singing in the song. Yeah. And she was just singing along to it, and I couldn't differentiate who the singer in the song was. And who the singer in the video was. And I, too, was waiting for something to happen. And then it just ended. She was just singing along to a song and you could barely hear her. And everyone was like, your voice is so good. And I'm like, I couldn't even hear you. What is happening? Because she's pretty. But, like, see, that's... I didn't see her face. It's so interesting. I I really feel like now you can very much monetize being attractive. Which is, like, cool. It really is. But also, like, so I I follow a bunch of different music subreddits, and I was on, I think, Popheads, and Normani just dropped a music video, like, today or in the past week. And people were talking, there was just a discussion about, like, um, pop being, like, everything being so sexual nowadays, right? Like music videos. And people are like, well, at one point it felt like very empowering. And yes, it still is empowering if it's what the artist wants to do. But also like it's so like normal now. It's almost like to what extent do these people genuinely want to show up this way versus they just feel pressured to? Because they were, for example, they were like, you know, Ed Sheeran, Louis Capaldi, uh, post malone ed sheeran's very sexual extremely <laughs> extremely successful popular musicians who you know aren't really widely regarded as physically attractive and nobody really cares but it's almost requisite to be like beautiful and sexual and desirable to be successful as a woman and i don't know it's just strange yeah. and i watched that music video and it is very i mean most of it's not actually that risque. It's like pretty par for the course as far as like hip hop goes. But like there is this, <laughs> I didn't understand because I hadn't seen the video when I was reading the original uh, po- the thread. But they were like, it's weird because, you know, a decade ago or whenever when Wrecking Ball came out, mm-hmm. Miley Cyrus gets absolutely reamed for licking a sledgehammer. And then now like Normani is scissoring herself. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what was happening? Yeah, she's like doubled somehow. Okay. I presume it's like a a, a, a double. A I'll have double. to go watch that for scientific purposes, <laughs> for research um, purposes only. Right. So they're like, and it's just like, whatever. It's normal. It's We're so desensitized to it. So I don't know how I got on this topic, but it was just really interesting. I mean, it is a fascinating topic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just because you think about like, listen, I'm going to use Britney Spears as an example, yeah. but I don't actually maybe you might know better Mm -hmm. but i feel like she might be she might have been one of those people who she was getting popular when she was very young and her label might have been like you have to be like sexy schoolgirl in this video yeah i mean i know she she definitely at some point took 
took charge and took authority mm-hmm. over that and she wanted to do that. Yeah. But my point is, I mean, it's empowering when the artist, like you said, chooses to come to come across that way mm-hmm. as opposed to the label saying you need to look sexy even if you don't want to because right. that's going to get hits. Someone brought up fucked up. Yeah, that exact example. They were like, we don't even know how much Britney was in charge of how she was like being sexualized or like choosing to dress more risque. Um, And everyone like credits her as being the driver behind that. But we really don't know. And she was so young. And what I like about what's happening nowadays, Mm -hmm. I just feel like the liberal movement Mm -hmm. of young people is really just advocating for doing whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Either way. You know, Mm -hmm. like they'll say, you know, if you want to censor yourself in a music video, go for it. But if you're Phoebe Bridgers and you want to put on like a skeleton onesie (laughs) that covers your whole body and stand in front of a green screen and dance to your song Kyoto, you can also do that. You don't need to... I mean, she is very like um, sexual outside of her. Like she does photo shoots with things and um, with things <laughs> with like with magazines right she's, she's like open and up I, she's like a pro-sexual liber- liberation and right. stuff and like outspoken about that yes but she'll also just like wear a skeleton onesie and whatever and i just right. i think it's so great that so many people specifically young people are like yeah do either we don't care just do whatever you want to do right i mean i think like the popularity of billy eilish too is an example of how like, people were so drawn to the fact that she didn't, like, she she dressed in such an unconventional way. Um, I guess she's kind of changing that now, but. Why do you think she changed that? Like, like do you think it's been bubbling up inside of her? To I be like, know. you know what, I want to break out of this thing and, like, I do want to be sexy. Yeah. Do you think she's been thinking about that? I have no idea, honestly. Yeah. I feel like. I feel like when you're that young, you just change so rapidly mm-hmm. and it's just hard to know. Right. Yeah. And I, I think she said she didn't want to be sexualized because you know, when she was she, underage she, when she got famous, she was really young. Yeah. yeah. So now that she's 19, I think. Now? Question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe that's what's making her want to break out a little. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It's an interesting conversation. Yes. Um, okay. What else? We have a list this time because... <laughs> You know, when it's a hodgepodge episode. I can't believe we just went on that tangent. I like it. Me too. It's music related. Yeah. Oh, let's... Yeah. It's like, I don't know. It's just everything that's like swirling in our minds right now because we're making music, yes. But as we keep discussing, image and branding is like 80% of... Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows what actual percent it is, but it's just so much. And you have to think about it because people get attached to your sound and to your image and then when you make changes people have to be on your following has to be on board Mm -hmm. so you have to it's best if you can decide you know how you want to show up Mm -hmm. very intentionally when you first launch i guess yeah yeah let's talk about what we think our first music video is going to be and be like is that okay sure are are you sure go for it okay so (laughs) We're thinking for our first song, I Know How to Breathe, which is coming out on Friday, July 23rd, which is two days from the time you're seeing or listening to this. You sound like Chef John. Really? <laughs> which is July 23rd. I wonder how many people listening know who <laughs> Chef John from YouTube is. 
He has got millions of subscribers. That's true. Very soothing voice. And he talks like this. I think he has maybe been overtaken by, you know, Weissman and Babish. Yeah. And I don't really know who else. But um, shit. What was I going to say? Oh, music video. Okay. So we're releasing our first song and we're like, we want to have a video for it, but we don't we don't want to i don't, don't want to hire a professional yeah. crew yeah to produce it for us because that's exceptionally expensive right and <laughs> colorado northern colorado really isn't the hub for uh visual media like i'm sure we could find people to do it but it's not like we're in la mm. like, i don't even know if if there are companies who do that where we live right. but anyway that point aside we're like let's just make something fun like we have we have nice camera we have a nice we have nice camera Mm. we have a nice camera we can just like shoot stuff it'll look homemade but i've seen a lot of videos that are obviously homemade and it it doesn't matter yes right so we're like me we might when we're upstate take some just like footage of us fucking around (laughs) to uh put it not so gently and just what what i could have said messing around right i went with fucking around but then you said not so gently to put it and not it so sounded gently. like we we're gonna be doing something hardcore but oh we're not. i see yeah um no scissoring <laughs> no no scissoring each ourselves. other or ourselves <laughs> um but yeah just be basically beat bopping around town and mm. having fun and like cutting that together behind our song no promises no pr- <laughs> yeah there are no promises but i don't know it's just it's just one of those things that we're kind of talking about and people like music videos but they do uh, yeah i don't know i don't know where i was going with that really <laughs> we don't have to talk more about it we can move on i don't know if you can if you can't tell the i the idea of shooting a music video is very stressful to me but i'm sure we'll figure it out well the thing that doesn't worry me about it is like there's no pressure to do anything or to do anything right or a certain way. I know, but I'm operating the camera. And like that's the situation I find myself in, is that because I make YouTube videos, I'm like the camera person slash photographer. And yeah. I don't, I'm not good at that stuff. I basically know the bare minimum to accomplish what I need to for food photography. Mm-hmm. and um, But you've learned enough over the years that, you know much more than me, even if you don't like doing it. Yeah. So it's sure. like, if we're going to shoot a music video, it's like, well, Sarah has to figure out the camera stuff because you technically just know more. Sure. I guess I could learn. When sure. do you teach me your ways? You know, I could. <laughs> I just point and shoot at stuff and it looks bad. Right. I mean, we've talked about the, the photography <laughs> angles that I uh, I do. <laughs> See, this this brings up an interesting topic, which kind of ties into, I think, what we were talking about last episode, which is like, there's just so many pieces to this puzzle of making music and getting it out there. And there's like a thousand boxes to check. And you don't have to check all of them. And then it's hard to know which boxes sometimes are absolutely compulsory. As in like, can you be successful without making a music video for every single? And I I don't know yet, but. Yeah. And like what class, what's classified as a music video? 
right. like the lyric videos count can we just do something that we do you know like how we shoot our covers right which is just us you know miming into a microphone the answer is yes yeah right so yeah i don't know if this entire thing is stressful because i'm sorry i wouldn't have brought it up because what i've learned i feel like just trying so many things like in the digital space over the past couple of years is like anytime I force myself to do something that is just like absolutely like hell for me to do, it usually doesn't, uh, the payoff is not usually there. So sometimes I wonder if I should just stop trying even like sometimes there's this conventional path you think you need to take and you're you keep hitting a wall but you're like oh this is the only possible way i can accomplish that when actually there's you know probably infinitely many ways you could get to the same uh end point that don't go through that you know pass right and it's also hard to think okay well we're going to new york and we're going to spend half the time upstate by ourselves before we go to see Eric's family for the rest of the time. So let's enjoy that time and spend it wisely while we're by ourselves. It's like, okay, well, we can shoot a music video and we can just figure out fun things to put in. But then, then my perspective is then we paid to travel and lodge ourselves mm. to work, is, right. which is like, what? And then the other side of it is like, <laughs> okay, great. We made a music video. I mean, this is what happened. You know, remember how stressful it was making a music video for my band a few years ago? We like, we went into the photo studio where I used to work. They let us in and one of the video guys from the company I used to work at like shot footage of us playing the song and then Sarah shot B-roll of us like doing other things outside and then Sarah edited the whole thing together and it was stressful and it got like 100 views. (laughs) Well, you didn't really promote it. Right. But that's the other fear. It's like, oh, making, spending all this time on a music video and then like not a lot of people watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Which is why I think like what, your decision to make something needs to be separate from um, other people's approval. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is why I'm like, okay, well, you know that even if nobody necessarily ever listened to your music, you would continue to make it you'd continue to write it and produce it and become better at your craft because that's something that is like a part of your soul. Whereas a lot of other things are a means to an end. And there are a lot of different things you can kind of, I'm trying to think of like a good analogy. It's like, hmm, like a menu of different things you can add on to that one core um activity so there's like the main thing which is making music which is part of you and then there's this menu of things you can choose to augment that and get it out into the world and it's helpful if you can find the things that you enjoy right to be a part of it Mm -hmm. yeah so like when we were trying to decide what kind of content to make on our cute threat YouTube channel, we were kind of going around YouTube, seeing what other musicians were making. And some musicians make a lot of vlogs and some of them do just consistently release cover videos. Some people release covers just 
you know, filming in a room, like singing to the camera. And then some people, for every cover they release, they make like a produced music video that they hired somebody to film and edit, you know? And it's like, what is, what aspect of the whole process really speaks to you? Because I would bet that the people who make those super polished music videos, like they really resonate with like, being in costume and being performers and like the whole visual aspects of it. Whereas some people don't, you know? Yeah. And we found ourselves somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Of both those styles. And it's even like when you look at um, like main, like popular artists, like top of the charts artists, like everyone is so different. Like we've talked, I think about how the weekend is like super uh, shy, I guess. I don't know if shy is the right word. Closed off, private. He's very private. You don't see him doing a lot of interviews. Uh, I don't follow him on social media, I don't think. But, and I mean, it that matches his aesthetic, his like dark kind of creepy aesthetic. And then there's like, I don't know, Billie Eilish, right? She's like so open and like, raw with her fans that i mean sometimes it gets her in trouble right because now people are used to a certain level of intimacy and they feel entitled to that and if she doesn't if she withdraws it temporarily they're like what the fuck right and like it's not really the same with the weekend because he never like offered that up on a platter and then i think i'm like how did he even get popular Mm -hmm. because you know when you do marketing research as a musician now yeah. Where it's like you have to you you are are the brand and you are what people care about <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's how you get people to listen to your music yeah and i mean like it's true yeah right i mean i feel like a lot of the people who listen to our podcast are gonna go this are they're gonna go give our song a try and it's because they like us and that's why they listen to our podcast mm-hmm. yes i'm talking to you hello, <laughs> hello. And, it's, and it's like <laughs> the more open and honest you are about your life your lives and your thoughts i mean the more people resonate right mm-hmm. i mean that's why i list i like listening to Rhett and link's podcast because they're like my wife did this and like my kids i got like, beef breaked <laughs> Stop. see she's the she's the one who says beef break hey, it's not i like me. i like uh tying things back in you yeah, know i like yes. having a motif classic, a beefy motif it's classic comedy <laughs> um but yeah so then you have someone like the weekend who just like doesn't talk about anything and but people mm-hmm. still love him yeah. and i'm like hmm. i mean mm-hmm. how, what would we even do if we didn't market like our personalities but do you see what i mean like there's so many ways to do that yeah. and also i i didn't watch this but i <laughs> i just get re- recommended so many on my personal youtube channel which is different from like i have different um like multiple instagram profiles mul- multiple youtube profiles because i like having uh, my different interests like compartmentalize. So my Sarah's Vegan Kitchen, I'm mostly following like food and health. Then I have a separate one where I'm just following like, I don't know, self-development people, uh, people in the financial space lately, um, Graham other, <laughs> other musicians. And I saw um, a video, which I added to watch later, which was like, never do business as yourself. Like you need to be in control of the narrative because I, and I think this is something else we talked about, which is like, People are going to project onto you whatever they want unless you give them, unless you feed it to them how you would prefer to be perceived. And like, 
show up uh, consistent with that. Um, And so even when we talk about like marketing our personalities, it's like, what does that mean? Do you know what I mean? Like I don't come on to our podcast and like fight with you or start crying and talking about how I'm hopeless, you know? And I have those moments because that's like human being a human. It's like, even when we are being authentic, quote unquote authentic, like we're still editing ourselves, you know? Except when I, describe my anxiety uh, in full detail for 30 minutes on an episode right but you didn't so, pull out your camera and vlog yourself having a panic attack i did i just haven't released it yet oh it's going on my brand new youtube channel oh that should be premium content actually yeah. you can monetize that i'm <laughs> it's called a uh, beauty cry mm. because it's all videos of me crying mm. that was a stupid joke that was um that was a, a recording the podcast at 10 p.m. joke mm-hmm. after a long day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how we market ourselves is very important. I'm sorry I skewed the conversation, a left turn there. But I think we do a good job and I think we do come off as authentic because we are authentic. And I'm not personally. She is. Everything's a lie. She is. I'm. You're what? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have a backup plan. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about? I don't know. I feel like I really uh, derailed the conversation. You know, there. sometimes you do. I know. The number of if I got a penny for every single time you said something absurd and then said, "Oh, that was a terrible joke," immediately after, as mm-hmm. if you didn't know before you said it that it was a terrible joke. Well, it's one of those things. Like I'm like, there's a chance. Sarah it's so laughs. Eric. It's that's so Eric. It's the future I can't see. <laughs> That's so Eric. Right. Uh, okay, what else? Little little things, little things. Synchronicities. Oh. Oh. We've talked about on the podcast before how we're just constantly running into synchronicities in our lives where we talk about something and then it immediately shows up somewhere else. Usually in media. Right. So, for example, the other night. Was that last night? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Sarah said... She's like, I think I'm going to make a cheesecake. And I said, okay. And then hours later, I was like, can you make it a key lime cheesecake? And I was like, you literally have said plainly that you don't like key lime flavored stuff. What? And I said, I don't know. It just sounds really good right (laughs) now. And Sarah was like, okay. And then she ended up not doing that because... um, we, she doesn't have key limes in I the mean, house. I mean, I had key limes, but I just wanted... You did? <laughs> what the hell? Um, and then, okay, so she made the cheesecake, and then we were watching Survivor, and Jeff was telling the, the contestants what the reward was. He was like, you'll get fried chicken, hamburgers, and for dessert, key lime pie. <laughs> and it's just one of those things, like, we haven't talked about key lime pie ever. Ever? <laughs> And then that's the episode we choose from a season from like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. And he mentions key lime pie. Right. So what we, we did, Sarah opened a note in her phone and shared it with me. Now we both have access to this note called synchronicities. <laughs> and every time one comes up from here on out, we will document it. Right. There have been so many over the last four, four years. Mm-hmm. And we just started the list. I want to tell two more. Please. The other one was one that just happened, which is that Eric and I finally, we were like, let's go get physicals, 
you know, we haven't, neither of us has seen a doctor since, you know, quarantine was happening. Um, so we went in, I decided to, because I have been vegan since 20, late 2015, I was like, it's time for me to get a blood test, just make sure I'm not deficient in anything. So doctor ordered a blood test, we went and got it right after, and I, I've never had, um, what are they called, phlebotomist? The phlebotomist have issues drawing blood from me, luckily, because I feel like there are people who like have bad veins or whatever. And they get stuck and stuck and stuck. You've and got stuck. good veins. I've got Usually. good veins. Me too. <laughs> Look at these guys. Juicy. Um, so, but for some reason, I think it was because I was dehydrated. Who knows? She was having a lot of trouble getting, like, filling all the vials. And she was like, do you feel that flapping sensation? I was like, uh, what? <laughs> Somewhere someone listening just threw up in their car. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that flapping, that, like, vibrating. She's like, you know, the, your vein is like, I didn't know. She was explaining it. And I didn't understand. You were on the verge of unconsciousness. I was like, um, am I going to die? Yeah. But it was fine, question mark. I mean, um, it's, it's a few days later and you're still here. You're right. still flapping. So... <laughs> Flap on. <laughs> Flap on, you crazy diamond. <laughs> so we went home later that night. We started watching a typical good show. Great show. On you know, Netflix. I have to say I'm not really enjoying this most recent season as much as the past ones. I think see, this is season four, season three, and so far season four. Just a little cheesy. Mm-hmm. That, like sitcoms, even the good ones just get cheesy at the end. Right. Ah. Anyway, in this episode... The long main, story main character decides that he needs to go get physicals and it's it, it's an issue because he's terrified of needles and he needs to get a blood draw the reason he's afraid of needles is because i guess if you accidentally get a bubble of air in your vein it could kill you mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my god the flapping was yeah. the flapping a bubble of air going into my vein right and i so expertly <laughs> talked sarah off the ledge by saying <laughs> If there's a bubble of air in your vein, you'd already be dead. <laughs> and I guess it worked. It made her feel better, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Totally. Mm. Yeah. Okay, what was the... So you said you had two synchronicities. That was one of them. Oh, uh, this other one is just super random, but it was like kind of weird. So a couple weeks ago, got a new computer. Eric set it up for me. It comes with like a default. It's a an Apple product, right? So it came with a default um, wallpaper. But Eric was like, oh, what wallpaper do you want? And so he was taking me through the ones that come pre-downloaded on the machine. I was like, ick, ick, I don't like, don't like. So he's like, okay, I'm going to put a cute cat on your wallpaper. Um, oh, right. You tell the rest of it. I'm talking a lot. No, no, I want you to because I said, oh, right. But I don't remember every detail. What? So you need to. <laughs> okay. You need to go. <laughs> I don't know what exact query you put in. I don't know if you put like, I searched, like cat in space or, or galaxy cat or something. I just searched cat wallpapers. Okay. And and I found a great one of a, a macro close-up image of a cat, like With, staring kind of like cross-eyed down right. at the camera. Mm-hmm. And he, the background was space, like the galaxy. Right. So it was this floating cat head in space. Yes. And then like the next day or something, I was watching a teal swan video on youtube teal swan is like the spiritual teacher she releases a video every saturday and the most recent video um so it's all all the videos are her just like sitting talking to the camera and her team uses a lot of stock footage stock photos to make 
the video more interesting. And one of the stock photos, I don't even remember like what the context was, was this cat in, was the, the wallpaper <laughs> right. that Eric had picked. Right. And I'm like, what? The, like, because here's the thing. When people have like when people run like blogs where they need a lot of images, but they're not like photographers, right? Like they will subscribe to a stock photo service so that, that they don't get any legal legal problems. Um, and I'm like, but what they decided that not only are they going to use all this professional stock footage, they're also going to Google cat, cat wallpaper yeah, and use yeah, it. Yeah. And I'm like, what? This is just weird. It might have been the same day. Not yeah. even the next day. Yeah, maybe. Right. But it was just like this Disturbing. very random photo. I mean, it's not a random photo if you Google like cat in space wallpaper. But why? But I can't, <laughs> I, right. But I can't imagine that that's what Teal Swan searched for. Right. And how she also stumbled upon it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. This shit happens all the time to us. Mm. Like all the time. Yeah. So we'll keep writing them down and we'll keep talking about them on the podcast. Um, one last thing we want to talk about is... The other night, you know, sometimes Sarah and I live together and work together and we don't really go places by ourselves. We're just like always together. (laughs) But sometimes we still feel at the end of the day like we didn't get to see each other at all just because we're both working on stuff or we're working on stuff together and we're not in couple mode. Yeah, there's no personal connection. <laughs> We're just like working on stuff, yeah. right? You're just a pawn in my chess game. As you are with mine. Whoa. <laughs> what? Oh, it's okay if you do it. <laughs> um, yeah, so sometimes we're just at the end of the day. We're like, I miss you. <laughs> so we're like, how can we connect? Like, you know, watching Survivor's fun. Playing video games is fun, but it's not the most connecting. No, it's not. And Sarah's like, what can we do? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I think you actually may have recommended us playing cards. Yes. So two summers ago when my friend Ed came to town, we went camping and we were stuck in the tent all night because it was raining. We had this grand idea to like, we brought the, we did camping thing, brought the chairs, brought firewood. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese that Sarah made, (laughs) beyond sausages. And then we were stuck in the tent the whole time in the rain. So he taught me how to play gin rummy and it was so fun. So then fast forward to a few days ago i was like we can play some gin rummy if you want to play cards so we kind of looked up the rules and remembered how to play and sarah doesn't like anything like that's conflict or um uh, no comp nothing competitive competitive thank you i um yeah i specifically suggested playing cards because i know you like it and i don't usually want to play them with you and, you know, you got to keep your mans, so you got to make some concessions sometimes. <laughs> the first game she won, but didn't know she won. And then I... I was unclear on the rules. And then I also won. And I was like, sorry, babe, I beat your ass. And then she flipped her cards over and I was like, babe, you you won already <laughs> and you didn't say anything. You won first and you didn't say anything I was to trying me. to win more. Yeah, she had a misconception where she was trying. You basically just have to get matches of cards or get them in order. And Sarah got all the cards. All the cards that were matching were like 10, Jack, Queen, and King. So she like somehow won with all the highest cards because she thought that was the point. So not only did she beat me before I beat her and didn't say anything, she also had all the best cards somehow. So you like extra double, triple beat me. And then we played some Go Fish, which 
That game <laughs> sucks. As a two-player game. I think with, uh, yeah, if six people, mm-hmm. give me some six-person go fish. But with two people, it's just like, it's just like waiting to see who die, dies first. <laughs> it's just like, will you go? You go first. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. fun, though. And it really, even though, like, I don't know, even though Go Fish was super boring, there was so much more of a connection just, like, sitting on the floor. Without a TV on, without our phones. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. Just, it, it doesn't even, it didn't even matter what the hell we were doing. Mm-hmm. We were just doing it together, face to face. I mean, nice. that's why I kind of want to get puzzles again. We were doing oh, puzzles yeah. end of 2019, I guess. Good thing we we're going to go see my dad, who fucking... Lo- Actually, everyone in my family loves puzzles. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll have some great recommendations for us. Can I just say, though, I just have to t- <laughs> I have to out you. <laughs> so the first oh, time we did... Do we only do one puzzle together? I think so. Oh, my God. Eric got us a puzzle. We were really excited. I know I love puzzles so anyway thanks for listening uh, <laughs> what was it like a thousand pieces it was big I think so yeah i'm um, about to get so roasted i'm not gonna roast you i'm just gonna out you so <laughs> eric just d- is not having fun because there's just too many options and it's too hard and it's not satisfying for him so i'm like babe i was being don't, lazy don't abandon me here this is our bonding activity so what i started doing was I mean, I feel like this is what most people do with puzzles. They'll like do the edges. And then what I was doing was sorting everything by like similar colors. So I would be like, okay, well, this is the sky and this is the dirt and here's the campfire and here's the boat, whatever. It was a canoe specifically. Thank you. Right. So what I would do was I would like sort all the colors and then I would find some sort of distinctive uh, like feature in the puzzle so i'd be like oh well here's this rain hat rain hat sure. is that what it's called like sure. the, the yellow hat you put on in the rain that matches your macintosh yeah yeah, yeah. sounds right okay so i'd find that and i would start that and i'd be like babe here take over and i'd be like "Ooh." <laughs> the puzzle is like now uh instead of uh a thousand pieces it's like 50 potential pieces right yeah she like (laughs) narrowed it down for me so i would have really what she did was she treated me like a child and i mean that's it worked i had much more fun doing it that way you're like yeah i finished it i won't do it like that next time we'll get a puzzle and i won't do it like that yeah you will because that's my job thank you Mm -hmm. appreciate it kind of like how if eric wants to make cookies I will measure all the ingredients. <laughs> Luckily, I edit this podcast, so I can just cut all this shit out. <laughs> I'll measure the ingredients, and then I'll give Eric the hand blender, and then he just gets to mix everything together. And then at the end, I say, I made cookies. <laughs> and Sarah's like, yes, you did, sweetie. And you did a great job. Yeah, you did. And then the audience applauds and <laughs> um, you know, appreciates Sarah for handling me. <laughs> it's wholesome i think it's very I think wholesome it's cute. i think it's cute. i mean i you know I'm, I'm playing up the me being an idiot thing but i mean really it just it yeah she knows she knows what i like and i know what she's like and i appreciate you mm-hmm, and i love you mm-hmm. you want a sugar cookie i know you do i really do the dough's already made luckily one last thing yeah what book are you reading <laughs> i feel like this has to be a recurring segment man okay i think i haven't heard from my family about the podcast in a while so I'm sure they're behind and uh, probably my dad will probably tell me, yeah, we're a little behind, but eventually he's going to listen to this episode, but I will probably have already told him that 
I bought The Stand by Stephen King. It's my next book to listen to. Audiobook, yeah. Yeah, audiobook. It is 48 fucking hours long, which is absolute insanity. Like the last book I listened to, Project Hail Mary, was 16 hours, which I feel it's like a 600, 700-page book. Mm. Average, standard. 48 hours! Oh my god. My dad's like, it's an epic. It's all all the character development and exposition is worth it. I read it when I was a teenager. You're going to love it. <laughs> and I'm like, if someone tells you they love something as a teenager and that person is now 62 years old, you just can't really take their word for it <laughs> because I, it's, it's a lot of time that's gone by. And my dad probably has very fond memories of reading The Stand when he was in high school or college. I'm like, okay, I'll buy it with my credit and I'll listen to it. I'm like three hours in and nothing has happened yet. And it's not even just the book. It's like the extended, like he added manuscript back into the original and added like, you know, a sixth of the book. There's not like a normal version. There's not. That's the standard version now. (sighs) Yikes. Um, Yeah. So far it's just, it's been brutal. So I, (laughs) I put it on pause and I had another credit and I bought a book called I Am Legion parentheses i am bob (laughs) which sounds stupid and i think it is supposed to be kind of stupid but i I don't really i'm only i've only listened to 10 minutes i don't really know what's happening what's going to happen but this guy sells his company and comes across great wealth because he sold his company for a ton of money and i said he comes across great wealth like him selling the company (laughs) wasn't the reason why no he sells his company for a buttload of money and then he pays to, he signs up to have his brain cryogenically frozen once he dies. And I think he dies right away. I think that's Yikes. like part of the joke is that he immediately dies oh. after, I'm not there yet, but, and then he wakes up sometime in the future and there's like intergalactic war or something. But like, it just seems like some cool sci-fi shit that I like, but I think it's all funny and kind of silly and I'm excited for I mean, I think The Stand is just this crazy, brutal, epic book, and I can't even get into it, and I'm like... Let me you just... do need some humor, don't you? I definitely do. Yeah. Yes. So, I'll let you know. There are four books in the series, so I'll let you know what happens, people watching. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thanks for that. I, I just wanted Legion. to keep everyone abreast of the situation. I think he clones himself <laughs> and makes a bunch of Bobs, which is why it's called I Am Legion. We are Bob. I am Bob. The the the, uh, the series of four books is called the Bobiverse series. Wow. Yeah. I, it sounds pretty stupid, but I hope it's pretty stupid in like kind in of amusing a, way. Yeah, like in like a mature stupid. Is this um a, written in recently? Yeah, the first book was like 2016. I think. Oh, okay. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was old I have school. A, I have a feeling I'm gonna get pretty into it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I just, think I think you will. I can just tell I will be one of the bobs. How how many hours is this one? They're all like ten hours, so they're all pretty short. All right, all yeah. right. So now now that you tell me that you you have books that are sixteen and forty eight hours, it's making me realize that I was not getting that much out of my money when I was subscribed to Audible because oh no. I don't think I've ever bought a book that's been longer than eight hours. Really? Granted, I, you know, I have very short attention spans. So I listen to most of the book on 1.5 speed. (laughs) That kills me. Yeah. But I I don't listen to fiction. So yeah, if you're listening to nonfiction, it's a little different. Like with fiction, sometimes they get really good. 
narrators and they do different voices for all the people and you should be the narrator you should put a um, you should put a what is it voiceover not voiceover uh i it would be audiobook narration yeah, yeah. a gig up that would be fun i would I, like to do that i can't do accents mm, okay that, that would be a problem mm-hmm. well, actually i did an australian accent earlier that was pretty good wasn't Make it break that was pretty foyer <laughs> it was a foyer accent yeah okay. all right i don't know what that is time to go time to go to sleep eric okay last thing um there's not going to be a video next week for the podcast because we're going to be on the road and it's easy enough to record the audio for the podcast mm-hmm. but the video is kind of a pain in the ass so we're just going to skip it next week so I, we apologize in advance mm-hmm. once we get back to colorado we'll get back on it yep just wanted to throw that out there mm-hmm. is there anything else nope i don't think so i want to make sugar cookies that was a fun as hell episode yeah i really enjoyed <laughs> that and i hope you guys enjoyed listening and watching as much it was a little disjointed as sarah's computer is now showing she has a word of the day screensaver and it says disjointed remember when it kept showing depression and like, we were trying to get a picture of it usually it's like big words like they're benauzic is on there which what the hell does that mean benauzic yeah um Don't i've know. learned a lot of new words actually yeah. with that screensaver it's helpful but um one day it just kept showing depression depression and the definition of depression it was like, well, thanks, Steve. And we, d- Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he's in charge of it. Personal anymore. attack on me. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> that's why they programmed it that way. Anyway, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Um, our first song comes out in two freaking days. That's crazy. It's crazy town. So I hope you guys listen to it. It would mean a lot to us. Mm-hmm. Very very excited. Yes. Um, okay. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm. from new york new york and for now we'll send it over to our supporter shout out hi guys we're pausing this conversation for a few moments to give a big thank you to our supporters these are our listeners who make a monthly contribution through anchor which is our hosting platform if you'd like to become a supporter as well you can visit anchor.fm slash what is life dude and click on the support button And if you enjoy the show, another great way to support us is by giving us a positive rating and a review on iTunes. Just takes a few moments and it helps new listeners find the podcast so we can continue to grow our community. So thank you so much to everyone who supports us in one way or another. This podcast wouldn't exist without you guys. So without further ado, shout out to our anchor supporters, Inga, Mel, Morgan, Jennifer, Scotty, Glenn, Kevin, Jessica, Marie, Nina, Izzy, Reem, Alexis, Annalise, Nadia, Merv, Nicole, Teresa, Kelsey, Anna, Megan, Samantha, Dylan, and Sarah.